0: I want you to give, give us a call, 570-511, baby. Ooh. Give us a call, 570-511, hun. Y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Heard, a package for me, Marissa Phillips...
1: And me, Pete Phillips.
0: Continue to not be related.
1: And this is a podcast where two friends act as co hosts uh, to tell you some things that we have learned. And we are also on the hunt for a new way to open the podcast.
0: I forgot about that. Sorry. I didn't give any thought to that. My bad. Um, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, Pete, how are you?
1: I'm okay. This is our 295th episode, listener. Fuck. So, uh, on the 15th of December, I believe, we will be hitting our 300th. And uh, I believe Marissa's intention was for us to take the rest of the year off then. (laughs) But I just came up with a great Christmas topic, so we might not be able to do that, Marissa. Okay,
0: Okay, I guess you'll tell me more.
1: Uh, Although we might, yeah, we'll probably run a rerun for Thanksgiving, so... Maybe it'll correspond really nice with Christmas.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, how am I? Marissa, I am between belt loops on my pants. And uh not belt loops, belt holes. Yeah. And I, so uh,
0: okay.
1: my pants are falling down, and I keep picking them up, and it's harrowing. <laughs>
0: uh, quick hack. Quick hack. Get a nail and a hammer and just hammer in a new hole.
1: Is that a quick hack?
0: Yeah, that takes like a few moments. I do it all the time. I am always between. I don't know why, but I'm always between holes.
1: Um, I have done that before. I don't know if, I, if I can do that. Why? I don't I know. Maybe I have cheap belts, but uh, then that hole starts to turn into like a bigger hole.
0: Yeah, but make it a re- make it a hole that's too small, and so when it becomes bigger, it just gradually. Like don't make it as big as the other holes. <laughs> You're thinking about this too deeply.
1: <laughs> how are you, Marissa?
0: Um, I'm whatever. Instead of saying exactly how I am, no, actually this does this does relate to how I am. I'm going to tell you two things that one of them I saved for the show. One of them I'm just sharing right before this happens. Okay, first off. We all know I have social anxiety. I've talked about it many times. It's real bad. I think I've also told you all sometime, uh, at some point how much I hate my fucking gym. Because... Oh, yeah. They just, like, change... Like, every single time I come as a guest, they expect something different from me. And they seem so annoyed that I don't know that the protocol has changed. <laughs> and... They've just, they're just so fucking.
1: You should bring your passport <laughs> next
0: time. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say this. So, they've now consistently asked for my ID and asked me to sign in on a digital pad. A few weeks ago, I know this isn't that deep guys, but just know this is a really big deal for me and it's to me. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I signed in on the digital pad and I noticed uh, a, like a like a red notification came up, but by the time I went to look at it, it went away. So mm-hmm. like, whatever. I was like, I don't like that, but whatever. The next week, I signed in again, and I saw that the notification said, "My pass expired." <laughs> However, I don't have a pass. Right. I'm. Aaron. You
1: have a yeah. husband.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so since then,
1: You're, oh my god, did Aaron die?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So since then. There's a huge notification that comes up. I realize it comes up in two places that says your notification, your, your pass has expired. And I keep going, are you sure I always get a guest pass? And he's like, yeah, I paid for it. And I was like, should I tell someone before they are like, what the fuck is this? And he was like, no, just they won't look. But every time I'm like, what if they see it? And I was like, if they see it, Aaron, I'm not saying anything.
1: I can't imagine there's not a little thing that pops up on a screen that they're looking at that says oh, the same thing.
0: I, they're, they're never looking at anything when I sign in. <laughs> Ever. I I'm don't just even looking know. at the star. <laughs> they're not, they're not, I don't even know what's happening by me signing in. So I know it's not that deep, but I don't like awkward interaction. Oh, man, no. I had another awkward interaction. that's the end of that I'm waiting to see when they see that it's expired and it keeps saying it expired on October 11th so the further we get from the date it says it expired Mm -hmm. the longer it seems like I've been trying to hide this and I don't really know the explanation the second thing is I went to return something at a store and the cashier was a teenager and she goes do you have a number with us and I go yeah but she didn't say what's your number with us (laughs) so like I looked at the screen because usually I punch it in and then I right. looked at her okay, okay. but she didn't say anything she just stared back at me and then I just stared at her and I was like do you need me and she goes you you look confused so I didn't say anything <laughs> I was like I'm sorry I was like you look confused <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I was like I didn't know whether I needed to punch it in or you needed it and she's like oh I do it so whatever I give her the number and then she goes Okay, I'll return this. If you give me the card you paid with, and I said, "Oh, I bought this on PayPal. Um, there's actually not a card affiliated with it; like it's linked to my bank account." And I was like, "I can give you a card," and she was like, and "Then she just stared at me." And I was, she was "I like, mean,
1: you did ruin her life."
0: <laughs> well, no, but, I mean, I've seen places before. That they will not give you a card refund if you paid with PayPal. Like, they have a different way of dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to be honest and thorough. And she called her manager. And then she's like, my manager says, give me the card you paid with. And I said, yeah, I didn't pay with a card. <laughs> I can give you a card? And then she just stared at me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put in the Give me car. store credit
1: so I can get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: like, I'm going to put in. This card. And then she was just like, and so I hand her the card and she goes, Not to me. You put it in the machine. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm an old fuck. I guess I'm an (laughs) old fuck who doesn't know that I can't hand a card to a teenager. So I was traumatized for the rest of the day. That's it.
1: You're also an old fuck because you're using PayPal.
0: (laughs) Wait, that. Shut up. My debit card keeps getting keeps getting hacked so i can't use it anymore um i get it anyway i'm spending too much time so i'll talk about the open house next episode it's not that exciting spending too much time talking about how i am so my point is i am haunted by social interactions that's how
1: i am that makes sense i'm pretty sure i had a weird one this week too but i don't i don't tend to remember things
0: I remember horrible things that shouldn't be remembered because they're stupid. And no person without a problem would care that these things happen. I was telling my father, and he was like, did you tell her, like, what's your problem? And I said, no, I don't do things like that. And he's like, well, that's why you feel bad about it. And I was just like, I'm not telling you stories anymore. (laughs) That was my mistake. (laughs) Anyway...
1: Oh, that's what it was. I went to my eye doctor and I my I don't like the way my eye doctor talks to me.
0: Like how he talks to you, like talk down to you?
1: It's just like it's almost like you're a thing that that I, like I feel like I'm a thing that he has to do. <laughs> and that he'd rather be doing something else.
0: I mean, I feel like you're probably accurate.
1: But <laughs> Uh, he sat me down and he was like, uh, so I see that you turned 40. Uh, so that means we have to have a talk. And I'm like, what the fuck can we possibly be talking about?
0: (laughs) I look choked. What the fuck? That's not a way to lead into anything.
1: He's like, uh, because, because you're getting older, uh, I'm going to run another test on you.
0: Just say, oh, I see you're 40. I should run another test. That would seem less daunting. Or you, you could just you run
1: know. the other test and not yeah, tell me. Of
0: that. Yeah, I don't remember what this shit is
1: like. Anyway, he, he puts a card like six inches from my face and uh-huh. says, can you read this card? And I'm like, no, because it's so fucking close. And he goes, yeah, so you're going to end up needing bifocals.
0: <laughs>
1: Do you want to get them this year or next year?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> and then
1: he went through his whole pitch, and I was like, I'm going to go for next year because they're not covered on my insurance this year. Oh,
0: man. Plus, I read
1: regularly and I don't keep things six inches away from my face. When I don't, I can read fr- I can read perfectly fine. Yeah,
0: your doctor seems like he has a problem.
1: I remember he has a degree from where I work up on the wall. And I was like, oh, is that is that your degree? And he's like, I mean, that's a stupid question. But he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I worked there. And he goes, that was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> okay, I didn't mean like I might have taught you. What do you...
1: Oh, also, he likes... To, his name is Michael.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, I know we have a lot of Michaels, but I hope that this doesn't offend any of them. And I really don't think it will.
0: He, he likes w- you to call him Mikey?
1: He likes to be called Mick.
0: N- oh. Um... Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay. No. Why don't I try calling all of my Michaels that and see which one gets mad at me first?
1: <laughs> the Irish one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, yes, you're all my Michaels. Deal with it.
1: <laughs> Mick Jagger, Mick Fleetwood, and Mick Foley were all born as Michaels.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: Huh. Could you imagine if you went by Mick Jackson? What? Oh. Uh, nobody would know who he is. Nobody would care. No. But McJordan would be on a that. shamrock shake.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can go with that.
1: <laughs> All right, Marissa. Uh... Icebreaker. My boss at work um, has, has a home. He owns a home.
0: Ooh, brag much?
1: Yeah. And uh, I don't, and neither do you.
0: you. Thank- God,
1: <laughs> he has been talking for the past three weeks about how he is endlessly raking up leaves
0: <laughs> again. Thank God. I don't own a house.
1: And in the summer, he talks about opening up the pool, but Marissa, he
0: sounds, but I'm sorry. He's <laughs> fine. I'm sorry. I am a bitch.
1: Uh, so my question to you is Marissa, uh-huh. pretend you own a home and you have a leaf problem.
0: I kill myself.
1: How do you clean them up? And there's no limit on how you can do it. Like,
0: wow, this is a horrible recipe.
1: Suicide is the answer. Then, yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, I will not let myself say kill myself as an answer. Although I feel like if I kill myself, someone else will do it. <laughs> um. Oh, I know. I just wouldn't do it and I would make my husband not because he's the man, but because I'm not fucking doing that. Is that an answer? Uh, or I'm sorry, or none of us would do it and I would be like, I don't care. Who fucking cares? Why do we own this house? I told you I don't want a house.
1: Well, I was gonna say I would train a bunch of cute little dogs to do it. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's a way more fun
1: answer. And they would run around the yard shaking their little tiny dog butts <laughs> raking up all the leaves. I don't know how I would have them do it. Even if they picked up one at a time with their mouth and walked it to a pile, like, that would be cruel, but still it would be cute. <laughs>
0: that is kind of adorable, yeah. Um, yeah, you could give dogs a little, like, no, I don't even know what that's called. Mm, let me see, can I think of something that's less
1: real I could think of um, like a, you know sort I hired of like, someone <laughs> like a <laughs> like a harness slash rake you know that, that it would rake as they walked yeah yeah um, that's
0: kind of cool yeah I, like
1: honestly I cool. thought that you know like I thought I knew what your answer was going to be and <laughs> you were just going to start a fire in your lawn oh that's a
0: better idea I didn't <laughs> think about that but then I have a whole bunch of burnt out grass yeah I wouldn't really want that, so. Uh,
1: Tell you what, my boss drives over them with a lawnmower, and they get sucked up, and they get put into a bag, and then he has to take the bag off and dump it someplace, get back on that mower, and start the process all over again.
0: Hmm. My dad has an acre, and I think he rakes it all, and I think it's a maddening process.
1: Yeah. I don't think he should be doing that with his heart.
0: No, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't think you should be doing, <laughs> so I'll let you Who?
1: Like cocaine
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright
1: Speaking of raking
0: uh, This has nothing to do with raking Speaking of having nothing to do with raking um...
1: Sometimes trees also drop acorns, and acorns are kind of like nuts, and nuts can be savory
0: <laughs> Okay, sure, <laughs> yep, thank you <laughs> Um, around this time of year, actually, I'm lying, all of the time, all I ever want to talk about is food. That's my new thing now. That is what I talk about most, and boy...
1: Are my arms tired?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Boy, is the only person I live with become very over it. (laughs) So, uh, I was like, I need to talk about food, uh, in this episode. So... That's what I'm going to talk about, not just food in general. Um, I have previously, I think, discussed or had some sort of part of a discussion about how food preferences, in uh, the food preferences of Americans have changed over time. But this week, I'm going to really zone in on one specific type of food that was once beloved, but is now, I would say, generally considered disgusting by most people. Yes. So today, we discuss savory jello. So, modern American palates have changed to dislike savory gelatin. But that was not always the case, says food historian Sarah Wasberg Johnson. Uh, Probably until the 1960s, savory gelatinous dishes were a thing. And let's talk all about that thing. In fact, (laughs) according to the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink in America, did not know that was a thing. Boy, am I going to dig deep into that! Uh, close to one third of all cookbook recipes from the 1930s were gelatin-based.
1: So the 1930s.
0: Yeah, exactly. I uh, thought this if, was
1: going to be like a 60s thing.
0: Uh oh! I mean, it, it, I would say gelatin recipes were in vogue from medieval times through the 60s. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, if, It's like been around forever. If you look at old gelatin recipes from the early 20th century, you'll find all sorts of terrifying things. Some examples include a Thanksgiving leftover jello, uh, a jello recipe that includes Thanksgiving leftovers. And this recipe calls for turkey, frozen vegetables, cream of celery soup, and ranch dressing mixed with gelatin. There's also a dish called Ring Around the Tuna that contains chunks of tuna fish. uh, pimentos, uh, and cucumbers, all molded into lime-flavored gelatin. There's also a a well-known, not well-known now, but used to be well-known, a dish called Perfection Salad, which calls for lemon jello, cabbage, cucumbers, tomatoes, carrots, onions, and vinegar, all mixed up in a fun mold. And the last example I'll give is molded egg salad, which has gelatin, hard boiled eggs, mayonnaise, vegetables like olives and celery, all mixed up in a savory congealed salad. Pete, is your mouth watering? No. <laughs> so why would My esophagus
1: saying? is burning because I'm trying yeah. to keep down vomit?
0: <laughs> I would like to try one. Not the egg one. I'd like to try a bunch of these. But I'm not saying they'd be oh. good. I'd like to try them, though.
1: The tuna uh, so, one, I'm like, I don't like tuna in the first place.
0: I love They've tuna. they made
1: tuna worse.
0: <laughs> so that one didn't specify... No, it did it. Oh, it does. It was in a lime jello. That I don't understand. I don't Because you could just buy gelatin that's not flavored. So I don't understand why you wouldn't just use an unflavored gelatin and put like a broth in it. I don't know why you would use a fruit-flavored one. That sounds insane. Yeah, but, anyway. but
1: because you haven't had it you know, you're not sure, maybe maybe it would be good.
0: Uh, so why were people so into all these weird gelatin shits back in the day? Um, well, gelatin dishes, like I mentioned briefly before, date all the way back to medieval Europe. <laughs> um, from that time period up until the mid-19th century, jelly dishes were foods of the rich and elite, served as elaborate elaborate molded centerpieces on the tables of rich people and nobility so they would be a food but they would also just be like a, a fancy table decoration so the reason why gelatin was for the rich was because the process of making it which included rendering collagen from animal bones and then clarifying it uh was incredibly time consuming uh and so Here's a description of the process that comes from 1747, written by a London cookbook author, Hannah Glass. It's written slightly convoluted, but it sounds pretty gross. So first, you take out the, again, I'm reading this verbatim. There's some wording that is clearly weird, and but I guess it's just the way old-timey shit was written. Take out the great bones of four calves' feet (laughs) and put the feet into a pot with 10 quarts of water, three ounces of heart shorn, which is also known as baker's ammonia, three ounces of isinglass, which is a substance that comes from fish bladders, um, a quarter of nutmeg, four blades of mace, and then boil it till it comes down to just two quarts. Then you strain it through a flannel bag and let it stand for 24 hours. Then you scrape out all the fat from the top Then you slice it, put in the whites of six eggs beaten to a froth, boil it a little bit, then you strain it through a flannel bag again. (laughs) Then, if you'd like, you could run the jelly into little high glasses, and you could add orange flower water, wine, sugar, and lemon if you please, but this is all fancy. So I think that part means, like, you could just eat it as is, or you can add that shit if you want it to not taste like fucking calves. <laughs> like, if you don't add flour, water, and sugar, I don't know
1: what the Oh, fuck this tastes a lot like, like bone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so few people without their own, like, cooking staff would bother with such a labor-intensive dish. So gelatin was really a way to show your dinner guests that you had a lot of money and a big-ass kitchen staff. So think, like, some Downton Abbey shit. So... This um, this also was the case in the American colonies. So I, I most of this, like I said, it, it dates back to Europe. But in the American colonies, uh, a lot of the upper class adapted European customs to their own tastes. Uh, so gelatin dishes became a delicacy in New York high society and also on the large plantations of the South. Apparently, Thomas Jefferson, uh, at his estate, he would often want wine jelly served to his guests.
1: Didn't so, he also rape a lot of slaves?
0: Uh, yeah, he did a okay. lot of things.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the mid-19th century... He
1: wanted to make sure his bad taste was across the board.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, did a, he had a lot of bad takes. <laughs> In the mid-19th century, the Industrial Revolution brought major changes to American food systems. And this is when the processed food industry began to thrive. So around this time, an industrialist called Peter Cooper obtained a patent for powdered gelatin, so this was much easier to produce than the old style gelatin, and much easier and quicker to cook. Some years later, a cough syrup manufacturer named Pearl Bixby Wait trademarked the gelatin dessert called Jello, and this featured the powder powdered gelatin which had come out you know years earlier, and this was also mixed with sugar and various flavorings. So this was like the start of the Jello we know today. So, food historian Laura Shapiro says that. I feel that, like
1: I feel like I also have to say, I hate Jello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um.
1: That's why I'm looking extra disgusted. <laughs> I don't. Um,
0: I don't love it. I don't know. I'm like neutral, and I do like some things that have gelatin in it. Don't marshmallows have gelatin?
1: I like ice, and ice is also like a solid that's going to turn into a liquid. It's like. Kind of maybe an in between, but Yeah. No, jealous. I, I don't I'm like in. it. I don't like the way I don't like the way it looks.
0: I mean I'll give you that. I don't okay. like the
1: way it shakes at me.
0: I mean Well, that's your own problem. <laughs> <laughs> Food historian Laura Shapiro says that around the turn of the century, many women in the emerging American middle class began linking the changes brought into their homes by the industrialization and scientific advantages advances such as gas stoves the telephone electric irons uh to the domestic work they performed every day and reimagining housework so this spirit of domestic reform apparently embraced efficiency purity cleanliness and order so apparently the new instant easy to make gelatin was a perfect fit for this this new lifestyle that embraced efficiency purity and cleanliness um I I had I like at first I was like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but that's what the historian says. Uh, for one, Jello is economical. A house a housewife again. Anyone could be making Jello, but you know, old timey. You know, people wanted there to be a woman. Who no, yeah, housewife.
1: a woman better that's, be making it.
0: That's what I'm saying. Housewife. If she's it's gonna. Like,
1: if somebody's gonna be melting bones, <laughs> I hope that it's a woman. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: You're ridiculous. <laughs> uh, a housewife could stretch her family's leftovers by encasing them in gelatin. So, got some leftover pot roast? Just mix it with gelatin. Now it's a pot roast salad.
1: So then it makes it look like there's more? Is that it?
0: Yeah, it like fills in the the
1: in gas. Gelatin yeah, itself doesn't really have any nutritional value or anything, right?
0: Depends uh, if there's like sugar in it. But yeah. I guess, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a way to fill in the gas. like put a little beef broth and beef in the gelatin, and then it's like you got more pot roast. <laughs> anyway, um, and since the sugar was already included in flavored jello mixes, people wouldn't have to dip in their home sugar supply. So that also saves a little bit of money. Um, it was also neat and tidy, which was something that was valued at this time. And a quality that historians say was very much valued by the domestic science movement of that time. So, jellied salads, unlike, you know, your average lettuce-tossed salads, were mess-free. Quote, a salad at last in control of itself. (laughs) The historian Laura Shapiro writes, oh, God, I love
1: that
0: I love that line. Cooks in this era molded everything from cooked spinach to chicken salad in order to avoid unnecessary messiness. I mean, there's no drips, there's no crumbs, it's just a fucking slab. But- so, by 1902, jello sales were beginning to soar. The Depression era spurred homemakers to stretch their ingredients as far as possible. Like I said, only have a little bit left, fill in the gaps with gelatin. Uh, and I don't know why, but for some reason... The introduction of lime flavored jello in the early 1930s gave the salad trend a major boost. Why does everyone Blew have a boner
1: shit up. for
0: lime? <laughs> Entire cookbooks were devoted to lime jello, often instructing cooks to add a tablespoon of vinegar to cut the sweetness when using flavored gelatins in savory vegetable salads. Uh, also around the time when p- beef and potatoes were seen by some as a like masculine food like manly men just
1: eat no, fucking no, beef and potatoes don't say it what you put it in gelatin to become feminine
0: no 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 <laughs> but no like like the 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 like the opposite of that like that was seen as a masculine food gelatin was seen as like the ultimate feminine food but no you don't make potatoes more feminine by putting in gelatin <laughs> I did think that was where it was going. <laughs> so, uh, tea houses and ladies' social events would often serve light jello salads as refreshments. And entire gelatin cookbooks were developed around the idea of like feminine foods. For example, Knox, which is a brand of gelatin, they created a cookbook that was titled Dainty Desserts for Dainty People. Um. So, all of his is, like, fucking gelatins fucking going wild. And and as you said, like, 60s. Like, you saw that shit in the 50s. You saw that shit in the 60s. So, like, why the fuck aren't we going ham on some fucking savory jello salads today? Like, why is that now what we're eating for dinner tonight? Well, (laughs) things change, Pete.
1: I have my reasons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In the 1970s and 1980s, Nutrition campaigns began to emphasize the importance of eliminating sugar. I mean, yeah, you might notice, like, like every, I feel like every fucking decade, nutrition trends, like, shift. Sometimes it's like, don't have fat. Sometimes it's like, have fat, don't have carbs. Sometimes it's like, don't have calories, but have sugar. And so, yeah, in the 70s and 80s, there was an emphasis on eliminating sugar. So savory jello salad. Uh, while it might have been savory, you know, it still included plenty of sugar from the jello mixes themselves. And around the 80s and, and 70s, they did start making the sugar free jello. Yeah. But, you know, your standard jello had a lot of fucking sugar. Um, and basically, just regular salads were, were back on trend. Um, so around that time, a lot of women also began entering the workforce, especially in the 80s, and convenience became a priority. Now, while jello well, is a fairly. It's
1: apparently so. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: I to say, while jello is a fairly convenient food by itself, putting together one of those jello salads would require, like, a... usually you're getting a fancy jello mold. They're, they're usually, like, layered. Um, usually you had to, like, get a bunch of mix ins you had to prepare. Uh, plus, you have to wait hours for most gelatin to set in the refrigerator. So in the 1980s, especially many meal prep day. Yeah, that's no one was into that then, Pete. I'm not even into that. People who don't have meal prep maybe want to go to sleep. (laughs) Anyway, in the 80s, especially many working mothers were opting for fast, uh, microwave-friendly options. Uh, Oh, that's right. Dinner was like, like, woo. What'd you say?
1: That's radiation. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the TV dinner time. Uh, so, seeing the change in people's dining habits around this time, Jell-O went to marketing itself just as a dessert food, um, oh, and it no. also like expanded its its offerings with things like Jell-O pudding cups, Jell-O pudding pops, things like that. So they weren't they weren't trying to market it as like a dinner staple. They were just marketing it as like a, a sweet treat. Um, However, all of this said, the savory jello salad is not dead. Um apparently Does savory it j- Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> apparently savory jello salads are still popular in Utah and I don't know why, but other oh no, wait. And other heavily Mormon areas. I don't have this note from the research I did, but I swear someone was saying that was the case because Often, Mormon households have a lot of children, so it would, like, help because it's a, an affordable food. But I don't know. Like, I don't know why this is this is a big thing just with Mormons. But I don't yeah. know. If you're a Mormon <laughs> yeah. and have an answer, call us 570 one one There will be at least four or five kinds of jello salads at any event. Almost all of them savory, says Soraya Hillman of Roosevelt, Utah. Um in fact apparently certain region of, of Utah and and like heavily Mormon populated areas, um there's a part in Utah that's nicknamed the Jell O Belt and in two thousand one the state of Utah named Jell O as its official state no. snack.
1: State snack?
0: I mean, what's my state snack? What is P Pennsylvania's state snack? A hot pretzel, and that makes sense. What does New York say snacks? Is it a hot dog? Ooh, I just want to talk about say snacks forever. Man, all I want to talk about is food. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait a second. This can't be true. The governor of New York got the idea that New York should have an official snack from students in his state and signed a bill into law that named yogurt the state snack.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I'm looking at in 2014.
0: That's cruel. That's fucking not. It should be
1: a. I know it should be a snack.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Okay. Andrew Cuomo did that.
1: I'm gonna run down Utah. Utah state fruit cherry. Favorite snack food Jello. That's it's quotes a favorite snack food. State historic vegetable. The sugar beet. State vegetable, though, is the Spanish sweet onion. Uh, okay. No, we can't just have one vegetable.
0: <laughs> so, guys, if you have
1: ever. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, it's this whole list on Wikipedia. And then you get to Pennsylvania and it just says none for all of them.
0: <laughs> I, lo- I kind of love that. We can't be bothered, <laughs> guys. If you've ever had a savory Jello salad, or if someone in your family has like a savory Jello recipe, or it doesn't even have to be savory—if they have like a notable Jello recipe—call us at five seven zero pod world one. I'd really love to know. Yeah, like actually, anything that's
1: outside of just Jello on its own.
0: Yeah, I, I one of the I get. I think I might have mentioned on the podcast that every week I get more and more magazines I didn't order for free. Mm -hmm. I now get Bon Appetit, Food and Wine, and Southern Living. And I don't remember which one, but one of them was talking about a recipe, uh, for some sort of jello salad that has like cherries and (laughs) breadcrumbs and all this shit. And that the, the, and this was like also a personal essay and the lady was like, (laughs) And I said, okay, great, thanks. I'll put this with the pies. And the person who made it was like, with the pies? This is a side dish. And I was like, this is fascinating. And then it gave the recipe, which did not sound good to me. So yeah, I, I want to hear about your savory jello experiences. Uh, yeah. Pete, you got any books?
1: <laughs> Before you're done, the state snack food of Indiana is popcorn. And it's also the state snack food of Illinois. Ooh. But what makes Illinois more fun is that their state vegetable is sweet corn, and their state grain is corn.
0: Wow, fucking corn boner. Ooh, I'm opening food and wine's best snack in every state. Sorry if you heard that typing. I just needed to look real quick.
1: Connecticut. State food pizza. Perfect. I'm
0: sorry. It says kelp pickles for Alaska. No, you know, that's okay for Alaska. (laughs) It's not okay for anywhere but Alaska. Colorado's is edibles? Fuck you. <laughs> no. I have no problem with edibles, but that's not like a snack everyone could eat. Um Florida's is orange juice. Drink isn't a snack. Do I need to fucking punch some of these people in the face? Some of these people don't understand. Yep, you do. Iowa's is a Scotcheroo. I don't know what that means. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to fixate on this too much. Let's move on.
1: Uh. Plugs. Well, as always, I'd like to plug the Patreon. That's usually a good place to go for some fun. This week, I accidentally released two things at the same time at night. So (laughs) you can hear me talk about Dr. Rick from the Progressive commercials. And you can also see me cover two holiday movies in Pete's previews.
0: All right.
1: But... In terms of things that are not really related to me at all, I was coming off a of Halloween, and I thought I'm going to rewatch Ghosted on Hulu. Ghosted, starring Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. <laughs> that, was really big, that, that was a really big. a really big pause. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a workplace comedy about a paranormal division of the U.S. government. Okay. So if you have time, if you're feeling low, check that one out.
0: Hmm, let's see, what do I want to plug? Um, I'm going to plug if you forgot it existed, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special, which I love a lot. Um, and, ow, sorry. Do you like I the to-
1: first half, right? Not the second well, half.
0: First door. Why was the second half?
1: The one where they like discover America.
0: Ew, no, I don't even watch that. I don't even know what that is.
1: Yeah, that's no. usually like a double block. You got the first one is having the party with the popcorn and the pretzel sticks. And yeah. uh, then the second one is the story of the Mayflower.
0: <laughs> yeah, I only like the party part. Okay. I don't even think I've ever watched the Mayflower part. I hate, I think the worst part of Peanuts, which I love Peanuts with every fiber of my being, the worst part is anytime there's something historical or anytime. Snoopy turned into the Red Baron.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's the worst part of the Christmas special. Uh, also, if you want to get in the Christmas spirit, uh, I really like Home Alone 2. Like, duh, everyone likes Home Alone 2, but it was just on yesterday, and I was like, this is so good. I even like it more than Home Alone 1, because I consider one of those dudes called the Wet Bandits or something. Yeah. They're the most annoying part, and I feel like there's less Wet Bandits in part 2.
1: Is that the one where he had the, 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 like, handheld tape recorder?
0: Yeah, I think so. Did you hear that werewolf?
1: (laughs) Okay, I thought it was... (laughs) That's my ring. (laughs) I thought it was a train. I'm an idiot. Um, (laughs) I remember uh, I knew somebody who had that and I was really jealous of them. Um, I also remember thinking as a responsible young boy that that Macaulay Culkin was misbehaving way too much so i was like I, he is not respectful
0: i only got it at the end uh because we flipped on it on tv so i don't know what heinous things he did at the beginning i don't remember the f- i always only catch the second half but i believe it macaulay golf always the there was a part star.
1: of me i guess that just didn't register the fact that these grown men were trying to sneak in and they would probably hurt him if they discovered him
0: oh you thought he was being disrespectful to those fucking men who to were everybody to murder him <laughs> no he was very respectful to the lady with the birds on her head
1: you know what I think? I think it is that he put them down a couple of times. And I think they would have stayed down in real life. But because they kept getting back up, yeah, yeah it was overkill.
0: Yeah, I do agree.
1: In defense agree. Of, of the Wet Bandits, <laughs> a novel by Pete Phillips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you have a take on the Wet Bandits, call us at 570 pod one You could also email us at...
1: Y'all heard pod at com. Nobody and emailed a- me there. Can you believe that, Marissa? Of all of our listeners, I said, just shoot me an email. Let me know that it works. And nobody I like
0: did. I, I feel like I should. <laughs> so I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, and as always, you can slide into my DMs in a non-sexual manner at Riss Bandle. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And stay safe out there.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.